This is Fire News Now, bringing you news and information from around the fire service. Proudly brought to you by the NEP Media Network, it's Tuesday, February 8th, 2022. I'm Jim Oleski. A St. Paul, Oregon volunteer firefighter was killed Thursday while battling a large fire in a barn. Firefighter Austin Smith responded with the St. Paul Rural Fire District just after 4 a.m. Thursday. Shortly after arriving on scene, a possible explosion was reported, leaving Smith with critical injuries. He was airlifted to Oregon Health and Science University Hospital in Portland, where he later died. St. Paul Fire Chief Brian Lee spoke to reporters after the fire. Today I come before you with heavy heart as we've dealt been dealt with a significant loss of our family, our department, and the St. Paul community. This morning around 4.10 a.m., St. Paul Fire District as well as others, uh, mutual aid units responded to a report of a barn fire at Shampooie Creek Lane and McKay Road. Upon arrival, a uh, fire was found located at the barn and our firefighters began the defensive firefighting operations. Soon after, one of our firefighters were severely injured. Uh, paramedics who were already on scene gave immediate aid and the injured firefighter was transported to OHSU by life flight helicopter. Unfortunately, our firefighter Austin Smith, a resident of St. Paul, did not survive his injuries. The fire, which eventually reached three alarms, is still under investigation. A public memorial service for Smith will be held on Saturday, February 12th at the St. Paul Rodeo Grounds. Firefighters in Buffalo, New York, rescued a man who was dangling out of a second-floor window of a burning home over the weekend. Authorities say the fire broke out at about 10 a.m. Saturday, and firefighters were met with flames shooting out of the second floor. Buffalo Fire Department Division Chief Daniel Bossy spoke to the Buffalo News from the scene. Upon arrival, we did see a fire showing out a window on the second floor, and going around the back of the structure, we found one victim that was hanging out of a second-floor window. Immediately, a second crew on scene um, got a ladder to the back and got that man down. He was immediately transported to ECMC by AMR. Um, at the time he was transported, he did have some burns, but he was um, conscious and alert at the time of his transport. Sadly, two cats died in the fire, which remains under investigation. Fire investigators are looking for the cause of a fire at a Rhode Island Respiratory Rehabilitation Center that hospitalized two dozen people. The fire broke out around 9 p.m. Thursday on the third floor of the Respiratory and Rehabilitation Center of Rhode Island in Coventry. Authorities say most of the patients suffered from smoke inhalation, but none of the injuries were serious. Hopkins Hill and Central Coventry Fire Chief Frank Brown spoke to reporters from the scene. Crews arrived on scene, made their way to the third floor. Uh, There was a small fire, but um, there was a lot of victims that were down on the floor, plus some uh, people in the fire room. Uh, We automatically instituted an MCI uh, level 5, which brought 25 EMS vehicles across the state here tonight. Um, And people were transported to the hospital. One uh, that was in the fire room took a little bit more smoke. uh, And uh, honestly, she was treated uh, for hypothermia because all the sprinkler water that came down on her. Um, So the sprinkler system here saved lives tonight, which which is absolutely huge. The fire was confined to one room, but all of the facility's patients were evacuated. The state fire marshal's office is investigating the cause of the blaze. Firefighters were still extinguishing hotspots this weekend at a North Carolina fertilizer plant after it went up in flames last week. 
The fire initially prompted an evacuation of a one-mile radius around the entire Winston Weaver Company fertilizer plant in Winston-Salem. That evacuation order affected around 6,000 residents. Fire officials were worried that several hundred tons of ammonium nitrate stored in the plant could explode. Firefighters initially fought the blaze when it broke out last Monday, but soon retreated after realizing the explosion danger that the plant posed. Winston-Salem Fire Chief Trey Mayo spoke to reporters about the dangers firefighters faced at the scene. The challenge is having access to full information and uh, the unpredictable nature of the chemical that we are talking about. Ammonium nitrate has a history of being unpredictable uh, in the way, that it, the, the way that it reacts, the way that it responds to heat, the way that it responds to pressure, to shock. It just is, is sort of an enigma and, and we are giving it due regard because of, of its history. The, the, the fact of the matter is there is enough at the beginning of this incident, there was enough ammonium nitrate on hand for this to be one of the worst explosions in U.S. history. The evacuation zone was reduced on Sunday to just the fertilizer plant and the immediate area around it. And now a word from NEP Services. NEP Services presents Adapt or Die. the 2022 Adapt or Die Conference. Adapt or Die. Advanced communications training for leaders and emergency responders with an incredible lineup of speakers from the worlds of public safety, organized labor, politics, and beyond. And introducing keynote speaker, Cody Gandy, from Jocko Willick and Leif Babin's Echelon Front. Now, when I first came on board, I heard Jocko and Leif talking about default aggressive. Immediately registered with me because in the Marine Corps, we utilized the bias for action. And now bias for action, what that meant was to be aggressive aggressive in every single thing that we did. March 10th to 11th, 2022, at the Mirage in Las Vegas. Visit www.neptraining.org for more information and to register. And now, back to the news. Just weeks after a row home fire killed 12 Philadelphia residents, including nine children, Philly firefighters and city officials are at odds over fire department staffing levels. Union officials say the department is short more than 700 members, causing response times to suffer and physically taxing firefighters who are working more overtime to fill those spots. IFF Local 22 President Mike Bresnan spoke to CBS Philadelphia affiliate KYW-TV about how the vacancies are impacting the city. Not only um, minutes count, but seconds count. Public safety is definitely being affected, and we feel it's getting worse. We're just calling on, on the city council, the mayor, to properly fund the fire department. We can't respond to your emergency via Zoom. We have to show up. And if you don't have the personnel to show up, we can't take care of the emergency. But unfortunately, they're getting overstretched. They're working multiple shifts in a row, and they don't get no rest factor. A spokesman for Philadelphia's mayor say reports that the city is massively short on firefighters aren't true. The city says the department's budget has grown from $236 million to $361 million in the last five years alone. Volunteer fire departments across the country that were stretched thin before the pandemic are seeing their staffing levels shrink to even more dire numbers. NPR reports fewer volunteers are joining their local companies, even as those departments answer more than triple the number of calls they did in years past. In rural Paradise, Kansas, volunteer fire chief Quentin Mopin says he nearly died last year responding to a wildfire by himself. That wall of fire was, I don't know, probably 60, 80 feet high, and 
both hands on the steering wheel just holding on thinking this is probably it because you could hear the plastic melting and cracking the stickers the reflectors the plastic flashing lights it melted all that stuff on that truck fire engulfed his fire engine but he was able to escape unharmed he said it's tough to find members particularly young volunteers in large part because so many people work far away from where they live those who are responding to calls tend to be older the National Volunteer Fire Council says that more than a third of firefighters are over the age of 50 in small volunteer companies. Natoma Volunteer Fire Department District Fire Chief Keith Colling told NPR about how grueling that wildfire was last year on his 62-year-old body. I went to right at 40 hours straight. Went to sleep for about four hours, and then I was back up and went for another 15. Come to find out I had COVID at the same time. I hit a brick wall. I mean, I just had to quit. I just shut down. I'm too old for that. And finally, after 75 years in operation, the KME Fire Apparatus Plant in northeastern Pennsylvania is shutting down. KME's parent company, REV Group, said in the fall that the Neskahonig plant will close in April, putting nearly 400 people out of work. The Washington Post reports that a hot labor market has softened the blow of the company leaving Carbon County but the newspaper says the labor market hasn't made up for the pride that the plant's workers carried with them from building fire trucks. NBC Wilkes-Barre affiliate WBRE-TV spoke with an area resident who has family members who've worked at the plant. It's kind of devastating because, you know, that's one of the biggest things in this area for how many years now, and it sucks to see so many people that are so close to retirement and they're gonna get laid off, you know. It's gonna be hard for them to find new jobs. REV Group bought KME in 2016, and officials said in an earnings call in December that it lost $1 million a month in the past two years trying to turn it around. The company is also closing its facility in Roanoke, Virginia. From the NEP Media Network, this is the February 8, 2022 edition of Fire News Now. Remember to subscribe to Fire News Now wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also reach us at nep.news at nepservices.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.